0: Oh, sorry, I'm 25 seconds early. Um, continue to stare at me for a little while while I'm in silence. How's everybody doing today? If you guys don't mind, can we please stand and let's praise God for either something He's done or who He is? Well, I want to praise God. Amy headed off um, opening up the church for people who were freezing uh, cold, and we had a lot of people. It wasn't just her alone, a lot of people helped out, pitched in. Um, I know Sarah's work as one of them even gave free food, and other organizations gave free food. So it was a group effort, and I thank God for the people that just have love in their heart and love to do for people. All right, let's go ahead and read Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make music to him on the 10 string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded it and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he cho- chose for his inheritance. From the earth or from heaven the Lord looks down and he sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on the earth, he who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army, no warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and on those who hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in the famine. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Let's go ahead and do the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's worship.
1: Sing with us. cry to final breath, Jesus commands my death.
2: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Reading today from Luke 22. <clears throat> when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, This is Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So what is this new covenant he's talking about? Well, it's uh, probably the most remembered verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the many blessings we have and all that you do for our lives. Thank you for the sacrifice you made and coming here to save us.
3: It is announcement time. If you are new here, uh, one way to get connected with us is through a welcome card um, out in the foyer, um, or you can text this number. Um, All that information is in your bulletin today in the back. So um, please let us know you're here. Let us know if you have questions about the church or how to get connected, or if you have prayer requests, praise reports, things like that. We'd love to share in all those things with you. We're always collecting empty pill bottles. Um, They help with the shipment of medical supplies, shredding, recycling. They support um, locally and globally for Matthew 25 Ministries. Ink cartridge collection. I think Emerson wants to do the announcements. (laughs) Um, Ink cartridge collection. Um, Bring your empty ink cartridges after you're done with them. Um, It helps us to reduce the cost of office supplies. Refit free dance fitness class Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 630 to 730. Men's night, if you're a man, a guy, a (laughs) men. The first Wednesday of the month, 6 to 8 p.m., come on out. Food and fellowship, this is for everybody, the whole family. The third Wednesday of the month, 6 to 8 p.m., Woohoo! Food pantry, closed closet, every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. Occasionally, we will throw in um, a meal this past Thursday, we had um, several donations of um, people who made soup. So people that came into the pantry, whether it's for food or clothes, um, or we also have laundry ministry, um, they were also able to get a warm cup of soup. Breakfast Fellowship is the first Sunday of the month at 9.30. Breakfast is better when we eat together. Valentine's Day. So we are, this will be our third year doing this. Out in the foyer, there's a little sign at the table um, for our first responders' appreciation. If you want to write them um, a card, a little note, bring in a Valentine's treat, candies, um, the little little Debbie snack things, those kinds of things. Um, anything you'd like to say to the first responders here in Goshen, we're going to um, drop them off February 11th. Weekly budget is listed here in ministries you support through giving. Ways to give in person, there's an offering box in the back of the sanctuary, back there. Um, online also, you can set up a one-time uh, gift or a reoccurring gift. Um, now it's time for your meet and greet, and the kids can go downstairs to Children's Church.
0: All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. How's everyone doing today? Everybody all awake? Good, good. So I'm so glad to be here, praising and worshiping with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, that's just so amazing that we live in a country that allows us to do that. So also, it's going to be amazing that this is the last sermon in Exodus that we'll be doing. I didn't know if we'd ever get there, but this is it. This should, should be the last series in Exodus for a while. Uh, but just to recap, I don't know if everybody's been here for every single time, so I'm just going to recap a little bit. Uh, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. They were slaves and treated horribly. But because God loved Abraham, he promised to bring the Israelites out of slavery. The Israelites, Moses, and God have been through a lot together. The Israelites saw the magnificent power of God through the plagues that he sent against the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Israelites experienced the salvation of God through the Passover. Again, they experienced the salvation of God through the Red Sea that was split miraculously by God. Now, they have camped near Mount Sinai in the desert. They have received the word of God and are continually receiving the word of God as Moses makes different trips up to the mountain to speak to God. So today, we are going to be in Exodus 32. We're going to talk about a story that most of us have already heard. It's a story where the Israelites make a golden calf as an idol. We will talk about idols, and we will try to answer the question, do we still get tempted by idols like the Israelites did back then? now here in the United States. But before we get started, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die for our sins so that we could become close to you. I just pray um, that you bless me as I speak, that only your words would come through, that they would have power. I pray that you would do as you say in the scriptures, that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we are going to start out in Exodus 32, 1-8. And when you find it, please stand for the reading of God's word. So when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives your sons and your daughters, are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your God's Israel who brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. After that, they sat down to eat and drink and got up and indulged in revelry. You may be seated. So we have Aaron who is in charge because Moses is up on Mount Sinai speaking to God. God just finished writing the Ten Commandments with his finger. Moses was up there fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Do you ever question what you know is true? And while the people waited, they started to think, how are we going to survive this desert and make it to the promised land? Who is going to lead us? Remember, they have seen over and over that God is the provider. Maybe today you also are questioning things. I mean, I know I have. Maybe you're questioning how you're going to pay your bills. Or what to do when my car breaks down. Or what do I do if I lost my job? Or what can I do when I see there's no resolution? Maybe you feel like God is way up on Mount Sinai and can't hear your prayers. Maybe you feel like Jesus is too busy to mediate for you. Sometimes we look at these passages with inaccurate lenses. And why do I say this? Well, we all know that Israelites have a reputation for complaining and making mistakes. And if I'm being honest, I have looked through these passages and thought, man, these dumb Israelites, I would never do that. But if I get rid of my prejudice, and as I meditate on these scriptures, I think I have a clearer, clearer lens to understand them. The Israelites do have a legitimate concern. Without God and their mediator Moses, they have real problems. They are totally dependent on God and Moses. They are dependent on Moses because God chose Moses to mediate for the people. God is the one feeding them and leading them, God is also protecting them from the enemies around them. So they are under a lot of pressure. And from their experience, They saw a powerful nation, Egypt. And maybe after Moses had been gone for the 40 days, the Israelites may have been thinking about the success that the Egyptians had with their idols. Their economy was booming through the slavery that they had of the Israelites. The Israelites helped build the pyramids. The Israelites sure didn't have pyramids in the desert of Sinai. They had all kinds of tasty foods in Egypt. They didn't have those tasty foods in Sinai. Something important to remember here is that the Egyptians believed that there were multiple gods. Something that's also not talked about a lot is Moses and the Israelites believed that there were more than one God. And we see this in a tiny portion of the song the Israelites sang after they walked through the Red Sea. And that's found in Exodus 15.11. Who among the gods are like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Also on that subject in Exodus 12.12, it says, On the same night I will pass through Egypt, I will strike down the firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. Now often we define gods as a supreme being. But that's not how they defined gods back then. They would look to a god or a powerful spiritual being for good crops and health. Gods were used for prosperity and protection. So what do the Israelites do when it's been 40 days since they have heard from their god? Well, the crowd complained to Aaron. They commanded Aaron to make a god to lead them. So Aaron took the jewelry from the people and made a calf. And they said, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. So you can see why the Israelites wanted to make idols. Now it's easy to say why they shouldn't have. It's a no-brainer for most of us these days to say a carved image is not going to make your boss give you a promotion or protect you from death. But I do want you to know or be aware that there are still people in the United States worshiping idols like the Old Testament. I do go in many homes that have people who have shrines and places to worship different things made from human hands. And from my experience, most of them are Hindu, and a majority live in nice homes. But this makes up a very small percentage of the general population. Now, an idol that is growing fast here in the United States to worship is a worship of the universe. People will give credit to the universe when things go well. Like if a plane crashed and you were supposed to be on that plane, you you might hear somebody say, I was supposed to die, but the universe had different plans for me. Or what do scientists say all over the world? They say the universe created itself. And this is what we call evolution. It's amazing what people will do these days to make sure not to give credit to the one true God, the God of Isaac, the God of Abraham, and the God of Jacob. So let's look at what the Bible says about worshiping idols and something that would probably relate more to us. First, The first one I'm going to look at is still in the Old Testament, but I think it still does exist. shed light on idolatry, something that we can relate to. In the story of Saul, he was the first king of Israel. God gave him specific instructions and he disobeyed. He even made excuses on why he didn't follow those specific instructions. And this is what it says about that in 1 Samuel 15.23. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance is like The evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Here, the word arrogance is used to be like idolatry. And in the King James, it's translated stubbornness. The Hebrew word means insubordination. It's a lot of syllables right there. So, in God's word, it tells us when we do not submit to God, it's like idolatry. When we deny his way, and decide to take our own path It's like idolatry. Remember what the Israelites said to Aaron? Create a God for us, to lead us, because we do not know what happened to Moses. And that's one of the biggest challenges for our church these days when it comes to idols, It's making sure we are being led by God. Otherwise, we can create our own God in our own minds. We can carve a Jesus that doesn't judge anyone. Or we can carve a Jesus... Who doesn't have any compassion and that he hates everybody. Or we can make the Bible a story that we enjoy instead of just reading it, its actual contents for what it is. So let's look at a New Testament scripture about modern idolatry. This is found in Colossians 3, 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Now then Paul does go on to mention other sins that he did not relate to idolatry, and this is found in Colossians 3.8. But now you must also rid yourself of such all things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And when you look at these lists of sins, the ones that are related to idolatry have to do with our passions. These things that we can love that come in between God and us. It doesn't always have to be the things like it mentions there, sexual immorality and greed. This also can include hobbies and things you enjoy and any passion that can hinder you with your relationship with God. There was a time I was obsessed with watching football. I wanted to see every game, and I didn't want to go anywhere. Sunday afternoons, I would become a couch potato. I would go to work, and I would drive a delivery truck. And then we would turn on the radio, and we would listen to people talk about football. And then one day, I was convicted, and I realized I wasn't putting God first. Football was stealing the affection for my God and my family. If we have chosen to put our affections on things of the world, what should we do? Well, we should repent. We should turn away and place our affections on God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We should ask for forgiveness. If we have an idol and we are addicted to it, it's clear in the Bible that we should confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we can be healed. We always have people up here at the end of the service that you can talk to, and we can pray for you. So let's talk about how we can avoid giving in to idols. Number one, check our perception. The Israelites fed into a lie. They perceived that Moses wasn't coming back. I remember there was this one time, I think I was like five years old, Hopefully I didn't tell this story already. I'm getting old, so I do that sometimes. I went to VBS at the First Baptist Church. It was that one on the corner of Woodville and Deerfield Pike, um, not too far from here. And so I was at VBS, and this kid told me my parents left without me. It was time to pick up the kids, and they told me that my parents left without me. So I I decided to leave church, and I was going to walk home. And I mean, I remember just crying and feeling so abandoned. I remember it was a nice day out. People were, you know, playing outside. I can remember walking beside, you know, down down that hill as you go towards Woodville, looking to my right and being like, man, those kids are so lucky that their parents didn't abandon them. And I made it all the way off church property, and I crossed the street of Woodville Pike, And I made it about 20 feet heading towards Deerfield when someone got out of their car and told me to stop. Now, being an 80s kid, that can only mean one thing. She was definitely going to kidnap me. So I ran, and she eventually caught me. She picked me up and carried me back. And as I'm thinking about this, man, I thought I was faster than that as a kid. This mom just totally caught me. And as I was crying on her shoulder, I realized she was bringing me back to the church. I put myself in danger because I believed in a lie. When we don't take God at his word, we believe in a lie. We put our trust or affections on other things, we are believing a lie. It's like chasing fool's gold. In the end, it won't pay off. Avoiding idols. Number two, direct your worship to God. The Israelites worshiped the calf and even gave it credit for bringing them out of Egypt. We are made to worship God. If we don't worship Him as we should, you could end up worshiping, or your worship could end up being directed towards other things. We shouldn't be more excited about our favorite team, our favorite band favorite movies or anything more than God. Our God is a jealous God, as it says in Exodus twenty four and five. You shall not make for yourself an image of in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or on the earth, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So let's be aware that God desires our worship. You don't get jealous over something that you don't value. It's a big deal that God gets our praise. The word of God said, if God doesn't get praise by humans, the rocks would cry out. Avoiding idols, number three. Draw near to God. Moses is up on the mountain fasting and praying. He's asking God if he could see his face. And then on the other hand, you've got the Israelites as an example that we don't want to follow. They dropped God for another God. And it seems cold too, because no one's crying about Moses being gone. No one's crying and saying, why has our God forsaken us? When you are close with someone, you're deeply sad when they're gone. You don't quickly drop them for somebody else. On this subject, James writes in James 4.8, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James tells us when we draw near by purifying ourselves, uh, we do this by getting rid of our sin. We actively try to identify our sin and cut it out. We can't do that on our own strength. We have to be asking for God to give us grace so we can have power to do that. And we have to believe it. If you don't believe it, God can't take away something you don't have faith in. One of the mechanisms that God has given us is his word. The Bible teaches us that we are washed through his word. It teaches us that a husband's job is to wash his family with the word, as it says in Ephesians 5, 25, and 26. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. I know family dynamics can be kind of tricky these days. You know, you have Grandparents raising kids, or maybe a husband is not a believer, not doing his job or just not there. So if you are in a position that you can wash your family through the teachings in the Bible, do it. Okay, so we know how to get near how do we keep that closeness with God? This is found in Romans 8:37 through 39. Know in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depths nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's very important not to miss the details of this verse. This verse is often interpreted wrong because people don't really take time to meditate on what it's saying. This mentions a lot of forces that are coming against us to try to separate us from God. Remember, the gods of Egypt were behind the power of Egypt. These are like the forces that try to separate us from God. But as we know from the story of Exodus, when the gods of Egyptians made snakes, also the God of Israel that was working through Moses, turned his staff into a snake and then ate their snakes. When the gods of Egypt went against the God of Israel, the God of Israel brought judgment on them. The God of Israel is stronger. These other forces can't separate us from God. But there is one key thing to be noted here. Paul says that we conquer those forces through the love, as it says in verse 37. People often misquote this verse and say sin can't separate us from God. But that's exactly what sin does. In the context of this verse, and I'm not saying, I'm saying a lifestyle of sin separates us from God. It doesn't mean if you mess up one time, you're totally separated. In context, it's talking about the lifestyle of sin. So through this verse, it says, through love, we conquer that sin. If sin is conquered, it can't separate us. Therefore, we can conquer our idols through the love that is found in Christ. Visible, invisible forces will not win against us when we are in Christ. And how are we in Christ? Well, it's when we repent and are baptized in Christ. We lay our sins in the water and come out resurrected. We stay in Christ when we walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh as it talks about in Romans 8. The last thing that will prevent us from giving into idols is waiting on the Lord. We are in this time period where it's been about 2000 well over 2000 years since Christ was on the earth. Christ has promised that he will come back and get his church. Whether he comes back during our lifetime or not, we all will eventually get to meet Christ. And we can gain strength by waiting and putting our hope in Christ, as it says in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And as we walk together on this faith journey, let's be propelled by hope. Let's set our eyes on things above and not on the things of the earth. Let's set our eyes on the things on the mountain where Moses got to have an intimate relationship with God and not on the earth where the crowd influences leaders like Aaron to make idols. Let's continue to walk knowing that we are going to get the greatest prize at the end of our journey. Let's not get stuck thinking about the now, but let's put our hope in the promised land ahead. The thing that God wants to give us, or all the things that God wants to give us, are way better than we could even think or imagine. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for these examples that you give to us. Thank you for your word. I just pray that you... Help us keep it in our heart. I pray that you help grow fruit through us that brings you pleasure and brings more and more people to your kingdom, making us look more and more like your son, Jesus. In your holy name we pray, amen. So I'm going to speak the Lord's blessing over you, and at the end of the service we'll have the worship team come up, and they will sing one last song. And as they're singing, you'll have an opportunity to either pray on your own, or you can come up to the stage, and we'll pray for you. And as it says in James 14, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them, and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If you have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: No one else will do